and welcome back to another episode of <laughs> Hit the Showers podcast presented to you by Foolproof Entertainment Network. I am your host, Clifford Jordan G- Jennings. And as always, I have my point man. What we call you this week, Malcolm No Left Hook King. <laughs> oh no, we call we call it Malcolm Valdez Jr. King okay. after last night's performance. <laughs> okay. Well, I know he performed. I don't know if you did, is all I'm saying. You see me in person at the house. <laughs> you weren't performing. <laughs> we got OG Mike Brown down there. What's, What's going, going on, on, peoples? All right, all right. And once again, as previously stated, we had a great fight. We had fireworks <laughs> last night. And once again, I will toot my own horn in saying that it went down exactly the way I expected it to. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see it being as one-sided as it was, but I did know right. eventually, um, he was going to frustrate Belchel with that movement and his defense because Belchel's not ready for that. That's really Man, what it comes not. down to. He wasn't built for it. I mean, he wasn't built for it. And we talked about it last his night. His defense showed it. But we talked about it last night, that old school, that old school Mexican style. It's just not, it's not... It wasn't a slugfest like I thought it would be. Right. No. You know? No. It, it, and that's what he was expecting. That's what that's what Belchuk was expecting with that Mexican style that I speak of. He was expecting dude to stand in front of him and both of them being able to do the rock'em, sock'em robot thing. Yeah. Right? But that mm-hmm. wasn't the case because you were in there with a young slick fighter who has defense and was in Canelo Alvarez's camp. He actually picked up mm-hmm. his trainer, Eddie Reynoso, for the fight. And I feel like I feel like um, he downloaded all that information because all of the past fights I've seen Valdez in, of course, he's been slick enough for me to know that he was going to be able to do that to Belchel, but never like this. Like this was a masterclass performance. Right. It was very nice. I liked it. I mean, it was. I, I, I give it about. I give it about fight of the year, though, for real. Even though he knocked give it out. Fight of the year? Yes. In yes, February yes, already, yes, though. It's only February. I mean, well, we got we got a few more to see. We got a few more yeah, little featherweights to see, right. man. So I don't. I don't, see don't see being, I don't see it being fight of the year just because it was so one sided. But like I did it say, was. that knockout though, it, it definitely. Yeah. I cannot at this point. I can't see that knockout being topped. With all the with all right. the, no, everything that, that led up to the knockout, the slip punches and everything, it was the most beautiful knockout I have seen. I can't even think of one that would compete with it. Like right. immediately, I mean, Nate, the Nate Robinson, the Nate Robinson right. knockout was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty mad. First of all, hey. first of all, you hit the showers for even bringing up Nate Robinson <laughs> on this goddamn fight podcast right. episode. <laughs> But I was gonna say, well, I know you, you know you, you're not as you're not as into it as I am. So like the history right. out there, but right. the um the Juan Manuel Marquez fight where he flatlined Manny Pacquiao and had him laying face down in the mm-hmm. ring, just like Nate Robinson Ooh. um was one that I would have to put up there with this last night. But big butt Manuel uh didn't do all those slips he didn't it wasn't that combination that the, the way that happened was, it was like the perfect setup like he set it up so perfect and i haven't seen right. anybody else i've never seen somebody else do nothing like that especially with the eye vision like you said when he you know right. was like that this and had his eyes on, on that one and kept his, man that yeah. was i thought that came was, over. <laughs> i thought that was amazing it was it was like i said it, it was, was. Like 12 out of 10 performance by valdez it was the best mm. the best outing he's had in his career. And it's ironic that that would be the best outing with arguably the hardest fight that you've been in. You know what right. I mean? But in a right. lot of times when it comes to fighting, and this you'll see my point later in the podcast, a lot of times when it comes to fighting, it's similar to track. Like Anybody that's mm. run track knows that you usually run as fast as the person running next to you. Agreed. You know what I mean? Agreed. So if you're running a bunch of Agreed. slow people... You're not gonna have your best time, but if no. you're running against the fastest people you've ever run against, they'll get that fastest time up out of you. And I yeah. think like that's what happened in this fight. He was fighting somebody who um, 
for the sake of the um, analogy, who was fast. He was a fast, he was uh, quick right. on the 100-yard dash. And right. it brought out yeah. his speed to show just how much faster he was in that race. And listen, from the look of it, he, uh, Belchelt didn't even make it to the finish line. No, no. He got, he, no. Got, he got hung up on that. He got hung up on that, that tenth hurdle. That tenth hurdle put him down, and he Didn't never he? got back up. To finish that rope grabbed his leg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Valdez came out swinging too. Like I mean, he just came out. He, he came out from the jump, ready Listen, to attack. You know, he yes. bloodied his nose in the mm -hmm. first round with that jab. That jab was. Yeah, that jab perfect. was snapping last night. It yes, was perfect. Was. His his whole game, <laughs> his whole game was just so tight. It was everything like there was no loose, there was nothing loose about it. I will say, in the fourth round when he had him hurt, and he gave him them stanky legs like Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> he did get uh he did get a little too overzealous. He uh he he yeah. tried to go too hard for the knockout, which caused a lot of his punches to be thrown a little too wild. They weren't as compact right. and placed where they should have been like they were before. I feel like if he'd have calmed down in that moment and tightened up his punches, he probably would have got him out of there in the fourth. But because yeah, he could have. But because he, I feel like, the, uh, for lack of a better term, in the situation, because he blew his load so early, he then had to take <laughs> he then had to take that sixth and seventh round off to try to get his win back, which were the rounds, the only two rounds that Miguel won, and not by right. much, but he did win those rounds because it was very clear right. Oscar needed that time to recover from throwing all those punches at high intensity. I don't feel like that was the best thing. That'd be the only flaw I could say about the performance. Even that flaw is a nitpicky one. Don't get me wrong. But he. Did. So, Cliff, we talked about it. My bad. Go ahead. No, nah, what were you saying? I was just going to say, we talked about it earlier um, when I came over to your house. But, Mike, what did you feel about uh, what's his name, Cliff? I can't say it correctly. B, the B fighter. Uh, Belchelt. Bell Miguel Belchelt. Mike, Mike, what did Miguel. you feel? What did you see in his defense? Yeah, what did you see in Miguel's defense? Did you feel like he had much I defense? Did you I, like he just once, didn't have any? Once I once I start watching the fight and I noticed that that right hand was down, I knew then that Oscar was going to come over top and hit him. You're absolutely you know, right because the right hand was down. If you watched him most of the time, it was down. And that's why he stopped yeah. throwing. If you notice, he stopped throwing the jab and started throwing check hooks out the gate. Right. And that's what wobbled him the first time. That gave him the yeah. Listen, he was on the noodles, boy. I said, One I, said, I, said, I thought, I thought the motherfucker was about to start breakdancing out there. I thought yeah, he was about no, to that's right. spin on his back. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, that, that it was just... Yeah, but, was, uh, I, I I can't get over how good of a performance it was from him. Like I'm proud of the it was. Dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because yeah. from seeing him oh, in the yeah. past and seeing him do that, he even said it in a post fight press conference. He said, I don't know what it was about my previous fights back in the day, but me as well as the people around me felt like I wasn't performing to my level that I could have. Mm -hmm. And he said that he right. felt like this was the first fight where the performance equaled out to his ability, like what he could actually do. He felt like he could never really show what he could do in previous fights because he wasn't, I don't know if it's a rhythm thing. I don't know what it is, but whatever Eddie Reynoso did with him in camp definitely mm -hmm. did its thing. Translated. Yeah. This is his showcase. This is Valdez's showcase. This is yeah. this is a way for him to showcase his talent, his ability. And he he did. I mean, he put it. He went all in. I and mean, I'm literally, glad. he went all in. I agree with you there. And it's a shame. It is a shame because I mean, he was a WBO champ at 126. You know what I mean? But let's be honest. When it comes yeah. to, to fight sports, a lot of the casual fans like bigger weights. You know what I mean? They're not That's looking exactly down right. at the 126, 122 fighters. Most people don't know right. them by name unless you're a right. true-to-life boxing fan. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So right. the fact that he's, what, you said 29-0 and 0 now? Yeah, 29-0. 23 knockouts. 23 knockouts, yeah. Well, yeah now they, <laughs> and, he's, and he's 30 years old. And see, that's the, that's the shame about it is this man's already been champion of the world, but it took you to 
get on ESPN and be 30 years old fighting a Miguel Belchel to actually get your showcase, your shine. Yeah. Like, that's a yeah. shame. That is a shame. What's well, his credit? Yeah. But all this is is going to catapult him into bigger and better things because um, as we were talking about when the, the, the podcast was muted, Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson called him out. He wants oh, that. Yes, he, he does. wants yes. that fight. And Belchel, yeah, or, uh, not Belchel, uh, Valdez actually said in a post-fight interview that uh, he wants to prove to the world he's not running from nobody. He's not scared of nobody. He'll fight anybody. So like we said before, it sounds like that fight is made. Uh, Shakur yeah, said he plans it. to fight in May. Um, that's not a bad turnaround for uh, Valdez. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. uh, you got five Shakur. months. Four months. Shakur, he's he's up and coming. He's a twenty three year old man. He's got he's fifteen and oh. He's got eight KOs in his first, you know, his um pro career. Right. You know what I mean? But he's he's gonna be a bad little dude, man. Listen, I, might, I think I, I think I I think and this is a this That's is a, a this is a um bold statement to make. Oh, here we go. Let's hear it. But I think after the smoke clears in about five, six years, he's going to be the last one standing at that division. Shakur, Shakur yeah, Stevenson? Even, even Shakur with, because let's be honest, the only threat that he has, well, there's arguably two threats that he has. Devin Haney, who he came up with, is a big threat to Shakur. Gervonta hmm. Davis is a big threat to Shakur. Right. Other is. than those two fighters, I don't. I see him running through a lot of people at that weight division. But let's be honest, Gervonta Davis, I don't see him at 130 for much longer because he's getting bigger. He's getting older. He's like 26, 27. He's starting to put on that weight. So he's probably right. going to go up Roman to 135. Weight. You know what I mean? I see him going up to 135. I don't see Shakur jumping up to 135 that quick when you just got to 130. I see him right. playing his role out at 130 a bit, clearing out the division, then moving up for a tank or somebody like that. But I can definitely see him being last man standing, even though I am a, a Devin Haney fan. Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson, for all the casuals out there, are like the Biggie and Tupac of their generation. They came, mm, they came up comparison. together. They fought each other in the amateurs. Both were expected to go pro or go to the Olympics. Um, Devin Haney wasn't able to because he was too young. So Shakur mm. went to the Olympics and got silver. Yeah. Devin Haney went to Mexico and turned pro at the age of 17. So that's, that's impressive. That's the difference in their paths. But it's always been said that, that it's the inevitable that they're going to have to clash it's gonna happen. as pros. Yeah. Because I think Shakur beat him as an amateur, if I'm correct. But Shakur's also well, like two years older than him. Okay, I thought Shakur lost that one. I thought he lost one because he, he lost one fight in his amateur. Uh -huh. And he, uh, he? And if I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'll have to look it up again. But uh, he, uh, Shakur Stevens. Oh shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. I don't think I'm it was. Sorry. I don't think it was Devin though. I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't think it was Devin that would have gave him that loss. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I think if they fought, uh, Shakur got him. He didn't he lose before the. Then he he went to the Olympics. Uh huh. He lost in the Olympics he in the championship fight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought one of them because I seen I seen a video where he was crying at, and then after that, yeah, that's when he got the. Then after medal. that. Right, and after mm. that, it's a fifteen and old came on. Right, pro. right. So. See that? See that's <laughs> actually funny that you bring that up. Is because he won it gold, and everybody was like, "That's why he was crying." Of course, but everybody was saying, "Well, he's good enough to get gold," and it was kind of controversial in that fight. Right, it could have right. went to Shakur, but ju the judging's, you know, kind of they gave yeah, him some yeah. points that you know he might not have actually landed. But um, they were asking if he was willing to wait to, you know, go in next four years to go back at it. And he was like, nah, like, I got to catch up. You know what I mean? Devin's already got a pro career, pro record. And I'm going to lead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's the youngest yeah. fighter. So he decided to go pro. And I mean, he's been um, he's been stepping up ever since. That's why I definitely think that that Valdez fight against him would be a good one. Yeah, I yes. want to see that. That's that's going to be impressive. Now, yeah, you, like now did you want to bring up Cliff? We talked about it earlier briefly. Um, but also, real, well, hold on real quick. I'm looking at the chat, by the way. Uh -huh. uh, one of my best friends I grew up with, he said, his name is Kurt. He said, best fighter out of these four, 
He said Ryan Garcia, Tiafimo Lopez, Devin Haney, Tank Davis in order one through four. And, and you're absolutely insane. And, and, and I will say you are absolutely insane. Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia only has one major fight on his record, and it's to Luke Campbell, who he got dropped by. Yes, he did get the knockout, which is good, but you only have that one fight. Even uh uh Tiafimo Lopez, even Tiafimo Lopez beat uh Richard Comey to get the belt and then went in to fight Vasil Lomachenko, who is arguably pound for pound number one fighter in the world. So how can Ryan Garcia be above him if he's accomplished less and fought less competition? So he Kurt just said, No, that's not my order. Oh, so I'm okay. not sure. Okay, okay. I'm sorry then. I apologize. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Okay. He said, "What order you have them in?" Yes. Okay. okay. So me, um, that's tough. Um, I'm definitely putting Ryan Garcia at four. That's a fact. Um, it's gonna be Tank or Tio at number one, and it's it's hard to to slight either one. I would probably I would probably go Tank just because he has more experience um being in the ring. Like he was a uh he was a champ at the age of 21 when he beat um uh, Pedraza, Jose Pedraza for the youngest champ at that weight division and then Tio beat him beating Lomachenko. So I feel like Tank has more experience. With that being said, I may edge Tank out by a millimeter over T.O., but they're 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 close. They we need to see that fight. Yeah. Basically, is what I'm saying. To figure okay. that out, we need to see that fight. Devin Haney is um, you know what? That's interesting though, because now that I think about <laughs> it, I can see Devin beating T.O., but I'm still putting T.O. at two because Devin's not as proven as T.O. But I could see right, Devin beating T.O. In I the could long see, run. I could see Devin beating Tank, but he's not a one or a two. Yeah, so it's going, I'd go Tank, T.O., Haney, Garcia, if I was given an order. But yeah, Ryan Garcia, yeah. Even You know what? I still got to poke fun at you, Kurt, for even putting Ryan <laughs> Garcia at the front of that list. I'll say that. But but that was a great question. That was definitely a great question. Yes. I feel like those are the top dogs. Yeah. But like I said, I see Shakur Stevenson being the last man standing out of all of them at some point in his career. He's tough. I like him. I, I like the highlights we watched earlier. I definitely see That's him cool. being last man standing. So, I mean, it's going to be good to um, see how that plays out. Like I said, he's going to be uh, in May. In May, he wants to fight. That gives um, Valdez four months. So you get a month and a half, two months with your family, then back to camp. I mean, it's that. Kirk said, Kirk said that they're all in the same division. Right. Right. Okay. All, all those four. But hey, uh, Shakur's right, okay. not yet. Okay. Shakur is okay. still fighting at 130. They're all in 135. And yeah, I agree with you, Kurt. Kurt said Stevenson's Stevenson. to him. I do agree. But he's still, yes. he's that still boy green, Kurt. though. That's the difference. Is <laughs> yeah, he's, still he's still green. He's never even been tested. If he gets this, not, I don't want to say never been tested, but if he gets this Valdez fight, this will be the biggest fight to date. And it'll to be challenge. a big step up from the level yes. of competition he was fighting to fighting now. So I, I just say Mike, at the end of the day, I see that being that. But Mike, did you see that? Mike, did you see that Shakur Stevenson street fight? Cliff showed me a video earlier <laughs> at his house. Uh, <laughs> no. That happened uh, right when he was going pro. Well, a little after he went pro. I, well, I'll send it to you later, Mike. You gotta watch okay, it, but he whooped the dude. In, yeah. He whooped the dude. He whooped the dude in skinny jeans. <laughs> he got he beat, he beat the dude in skinny jeans. That's, that's a bad boy. But what that's I want to say, what I, and I, I don't like want to, uh, I don't want to harp on Shakur too much because he didn't do anything to deserve all the talk that we're giving him. But what I will say right. is what's so interesting about this Valdez Stevenson fight because I didn't get it out with the muted microphone, is that he had been calling him out since 2018 to fight at 126 when he was the WBO champion down there. Valdez vacated, moved up to 130. Miguel moved up to 130. He had nobody left to fight down on 126, so he moved up to 130 with him. 
So now, like he said, that's really the only fight left to make at that 130 weight class unless you're ready to feed Valdez to a Tank Davis, and I don't think you want to do that. Oh, not yet. Not yet. No. I don't think you want to do that just yet. And um, also, uh, to answer your question, Kurt, as well, Tank is um, kinda and kinda not in that weight class. Because Tank- You see Kurt's- yeah, you see Kurt's newest post? Okay. But but we'll get to that. But um, what I was saying was uh, Tank has a boat at 135 as well as a boat at 130. He currently fights at 130. Mm. He fights at 130, but he's a belt holder at 135. So that means if he gets called out or they give him a mandatory, he has to come up to 135 to take it. But he's, uh, he actually okay. fights in Shakur Stevenson's weight class currently in the 130, which is why I said that's going to be interesting how that plays out. But as far as um, your other comment, Canelo, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, what's my order going to be? That's a very good Canelo's question. Tough. Um, Canelo's number one. Right. Yeah, Canelo's number one by far. He's the face of boxing right now. Um, I'm not... I'm not um, I'm not happy with the fights that he's been taking at that weight class. Like, I feel like he's been taking some easier fights recently. The Kovalev fight was a pretty, pretty good step up, but he's been taking some tune-ups, I would say. Like, they're good names, but for Tua Canelo Alvarez, that's a tune-up. Nobody wants to see you fight Rocky Fielding. Like, but... <laughs> he's, he's number one. And then that uh, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence... That's tough too. Um, I'm just gonna put Errol Spence in there off of um, achievements. He has the most belts. Mm. He he's the most active. Um, he fights the more dangerous opponents. But if I'm being honest, I think as far as skill goes, Terence Crawford is the more skilled fighter. But he hasn't really proved himself enough for me to put him above uh, Errol. Up there, yeah. But I also feel uncomfortable leaving him at three in a list of three so let's just add a fourth just for the fuck of it i'll throw in um well you know what those those are all kind of different weight classes too because canelo's at 168 and um terrence crawford and errol spencer at 147 so if i'm adding another 147 fighter let's throw sean porter in there love sean porter but he's definitely going to be at that at the ass end of that list you know what mm. I mean? He, you're not beating out an Errol Spencer or Terrence Crawford. And I feel like that'd be the, the hardest fight for Terrence Crawford is Sean Porter. Somebody is going to get rough with you and toss you around. And, you know, he hasn't really fought nobody like that. Right. What you now, Mama, Mama Dukes, I don't know where she's getting her information from. I'm actually surprised. But she said she has Errol Spence as her you know number what? one. You know, her and blood. you know what? Mama Mouth. <laughs> I can't say I can't say that you I can't say that you'd be wrong in doing that. I can't say that you'd be wrong in doing that. And it was it's actually funny because that was a talk for a while. Um, they were saying Errol Spence was uh, if Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford wasn't gonna happen, he wanted to move up to fight Canelo. Mm. Er, Errol Spence did, and I think that um, that would be a great fight. I think that's also one of those fights that's a lot closer than everybody thinks it is. But at the same time, I think Canelo's leagues ahead of Errol Spence, just purely off of his experience. Canelo Alvarez was a professional champion in Mexico at the age of 15. He came into the the States and started fighting and tore through everybody to get a title shot with Floyd Mayweather at 23. And the only reason why Floyd Mayweather took that fight when he did is because he wanted to catch him before he developed enough to be able to actually give him a fight. Right. And now you see how far develop, uh, Canelo has developed since then, since that Canelo fight or the Mayweather fight. Now he's, he's like I said, he's changing the Mexican style in boxing. We no longer do that brawl anymore. Now you see slick Mexican fighters coming out, moving, weaving, head movement, sharp jabs. That wasn't a thing before. So that goes to show, I mean, he's he's changed the game. Charlo in there. That's a good one. Listen, Kurt, I, I like your style. Charlo is a Kurt's good one. a smart man. He is a good he, he one. Know he more than me. He know more than me. Now, Charlo, Canelo, I think, don't get me wrong, I do think there's a reason why Canelo has been avoiding him for so long. 
I think Canelo's better. I definitely do. But I think that there's something worrying Canelo about Charlo because Charlo has followed Canelo three weight divisions to try to catch him. And then Canelo moved up to 168. Charlo's still at 154. So he said he'll move up to 160 to fight Canelo. But Canelo's already been running from you. What makes you think Canelo will drop eight pounds to meet you at 160? He's the he's the marquee name. He's the guy everybody wants in the ring. So nobody bends at their... No, Canelo doesn't bend to anyone's will. You bend to Canelo's will. Like maybe. Right. So I can't ever right. see that. I can't ever see that Charlo Canelo fight taking place unless Canelo wants to be nice and say, I'll meet you at 160. Let's do it. Mm. But I don't see that happening. I see it being... Yeah, Canelo's a dog. I see Canelo saying, I'll give you that fight, but come up to 168. And that's going to be dangerous for Charlo because you got to jump two weight classes just to get there even after you moved up two weight classes to chase him. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So essentially he jumped four weight classes to try to get that fight with Canelo. And I don't think, I think he's too smart for that. That's dumb. That's yeah. dumb to do. Did you see where he's, where Kirk said Sean Porter or, or Danny Garcia? Of course, I don't know these guys, so I, I can't comment. Um, as you may know, these guys, Sean, Sean Porter Sean or Danny Porter Garcia. All day. Sean Porter, um, yeah, Sean Porter all day. But that, I do know, I think if I'm remembering correctly, I think Danny Garcia beat Sean Porter for the belt. No, um, Kel, Kel Brook beat Sean Porter for the belt. So I think Sean Porter may have mm. beaten Garcia for the belt. They fought before, mm. and I think I think Porter won. Let's see, I wonder, if, I wonder, he may, Kurt may know, he may chime in and say I, something. But yeah, you know, like I said, you know, I don't know, but. I know, I know, um. Danny Garcia lost. Let me look it up. Yeah, you can. Let me look it up. Matter of fact, now I'm thinking about Porter. He lost to Keith Thurman. He lost to Keith Thurman. He lost to Errol Spence, and I think he lost to Sean Porter. So it says that Sean Porter was able to convince the judges he did just enough to defeat Danny Garcia and win the WCB World Welterweight Title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yep. So he's who took the belt from Garcia. And then um, Garcia fought uh, Keith Thurman for the belt on live on Fox the same year Cleveland won the championship 2017. Was that Cleveland, the year Cleveland won? Let me see. It was the same Cap, year. The Cavaliers. And then he came back and uh, was beating some folks, but he lost again to Errol Spence. And since then, I think he's being, um, he's kind of in the Broner book. Like, not to disrespect Danny Garcia, because I know he's right. more than Broner, but you're getting put down as a gatekeeper at this point, where it's like, we'll give right. you a Danny Garcia fight to see if you're good enough to fight the real champions. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's Cavs, fucked up, but... Cavs won in 2016, by the way, and you're uh, a sad Cavs fan for not knowing what year your team won their only championship. One of them. <laughs> one of the years. Yeah, they all bleed, they all bleed then, together. Right, but then Kurt said one of his favorite boxers offhand, speed and skill is Zab Judah. Underrated oh, yeah. SMB is what Kurt he said. The, uh, he the one, he the only one I've to heard give about Mayweather him. his knockdown that they didn't really? count. Yeah, he knocked Mayweather down and they didn't count. Oh, they didn't count. Mayweather touched the, Good call out, Kurt. the ground. Yeah, Zab was one of my, I actually rooted for Zab against yeah. that in that Mayweather fight. I want to like say everybody roots against Mayweather. Well, I like Mayweather. You know I mean? Don't get me wrong. I'm a definitely too. I'm a Mayweather I fan, but I I wanted Zab Judah to win that when I did. I'm not gonna lie. But remember, what you got? Remember, was it? Did you and I? I don't remember. Did you and I watch? I know you and Mike probably remember. Remember when? Uh, was it Mayweather versus Canelo? Is Mayweather versus somebody? I no, remember it was Mayweather uh, Pacquiao. We watched. Is that who it was? You watched that at years house. ago, right? Uh, years uh, ago, right? Yeah. Years ago. Yeah, I remember. I think that's the fight. But I remember uh, <laughs> speaking of my mom. I know she's probably still. And I remember her and Alexis. They don't like Mayweather. They, they think he's too cocky. So see, I remember they were rooting against him. That's his. That's his, his model. Fight. That's his model, though. If right. He that's that, his... If he can, like he said, he says it all the time. If if I can get you to love me or hate me, either way, you gonna pay. I did my job. Either right. Way, I did pay. my job. If you love this watching me fight, you're going to pay. And if you hate me and want to see me lose, you're going to pay. So really, that's right. his that's his um, that's his promotional style. 
to to do that to make people want to tune in to be like, is he really as good as he says he is? And every right. time he proves he is, he, he is he, he is shows up above everybody. He's my he's my greatest fighter of all time, like even over Ali and all that. Now I'm not I, saying this is strictly whoa. this is strictly right. Like whoa, listen, whoa. this is strictly <laughs> boxing in a, from a strictly boxing <laughs> standpoint. I don't see how you can make the argument because I mean, think about it. Think about how many wars Ali was in. A lot. Exactly. A lot of wars. Think about how many times Mayweather has been hit flush. Ali has been A in lot. more wars than Mayweather has been hit flush in his life, in his career. You know what I mean? Yes. So, so it, to me, it's like even though Ali was more exciting to watch, of course, and he meant so much because of outside the ring as well, it was still a situation where it was like. This man has literally mastered the sport of boxing and he's showing you it in front of your eyes and you you still can't see what he's showing you. You know what I mean? There's so many different nuances to his game that people don't recognize. That's like, well, damn. You know what I mean? Ali was great, but you got hit too much. You got hit too much, bro. He didn't get to hit too you much. Got, yes, he did. His whole idea of surviving against, um, what's the name, um, was the rope-a-dope. I'll stay against the rope uh, okay. and absorb your yeah. shots because I can't do too much else. You're never going to see Mayweather do that. Mayweather that was only wanted you to hit him. Mayweather only wanted after. you to hit him, though. And that's weak. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's weak. And I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, from a, a fighter standpoint, that's why you got the shakes later on down the line because you did oh, not have to be. Cool. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I'm saying you didn't know, have to be in those wars. Whoever yeah, your trainer right. was, whoever your corner man was, should have said, aren't you pretty, Ali? Aren't you float like a butterfly, sting like a bee? Why but nobody are could you tell him trading nothing. with this man? Stop trading with him and nope. do what you do best. Nobody could tell Ali nothing. Now, Mike, who do you, Mike, so, okay, so Cliff says, Ooh, your mom, I'm saying Ali, right. Jack I was going to get to that. I don't know who that is. You want to elaborate? I don't know who that is. You want to elaborate? She's talking know who back that to is. the history book. Yeah. That was the first black heavyweight champ. That was before. I think she's even, using Google. They didn't even wear. <laughs> they didn't even wear the gl same gloves they wear now. Right. Like back then, they were still innovating the gloves where they were just to yeah. cover the fist. It wasn't like a padded. And then they started right. adding padding to the gloves. But if I'm being honest, I was more of a Joe Lewis fan than a Jack Johnson fan. I like Joe Lewis that came after him than Jack Johnson. Mike, who's your favorite fighter of all time? I say Mayweather. I'm sorry. Cliff says Mayweather. I say no, Ali. Who do no, you no, like, no, Mike? No, he's not my favorite of okay. all time. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. You said the best. You said the best. My favorite of all time. And world, I hope y'all listen. Mike Tyson. That's that's Hold on, that's your favorite. Or the, is that your favorite my, or the best? That's my favorite. He's the best. Uh, okay. You know, all wrapped in the iron mind. Yeah, that's even my even, even after even after Buster Douglas. Even after even biting that man's ear off, he's still <laughs> he's still the man. That's Holyfield. That's crazy that my dad trained with Buster Douglas's dad, and I trained with Buster Douglas. No, did you? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even know that. That's news, bro. I didn't even yeah. know that. I mean, my dad was my trainer, but when I went like to the like when, especially when he took Arms over the stuff. rec center, the Thompson's rec center, I was always down there. Wow. So you I, met Buster. So you know you met yeah. Buster Douglas. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. I talked to him that's crazy. after I got shot and uh, trying to get my rhythm back in my legs because, you know, my leg wasn't working the same way. And I felt like I was like right. uncoordinated with my footwork. And he was like, he would give me pointers to do to, you know, get my feet. Help you out. Right and, mm -hmm. I actually broke my What's he, what, what was What was he like? What was he like? As far as a fighter, as far as a trainer. Well, I, I well, you can even go into both. Like, again, that's that's pretty interesting. No, yeah, I mean, I, I elaborate on both. It's pretty interesting. Elaborate on both. As a fighter, I mean, let's be honest. Um, he was a a, a B level fighter that got an opportunity mm -hmm. to fight Mike and didn't fold under the pressure. Is what it came right. down to. He Buster right. Douglas was never an A level fighter. He was good, but he wasn't an A level. He it wasn't, wasn't great. Up, right. He wasn't up there with them. Elite. Everybody pegged him to run Mike Tyson to run through that man. Yeah, oh, right. He was the underdog. And the fact Buster that he Douglas went, and you know the story. The story is that Buster Douglas's mom died the night before the fight, 
and mm. he wanted to go out and win the fight for his mom. That's I a man. That's that. a man with something to fight for. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure yeah. enough. Listen. That's so heavy. That's different. Like they say, you back a cat into the corner, it becomes one of the most <laughs> dangerous animals. You feel what yeah. I'm saying? So you don't got to yeah. be an A plus level fighter to to right. bet somebody better than you on that night. You know what I mean? But um, right. As a fighter, like I think that as a trainer, I think he, I think he was lazy, because I think just the really? fact that yeah, I think the fact that you were like, don't get me wrong, I love I love him, but the fact that you were working for a rec center and you weren't in like Buster Douglas training gym, I feel training like if camp, it was yeah. his situation, he would have had more of a drive to do it. But because he's at a rec center and there's not a lot of people, like you got to think, certain people come to rec centers just to work, do cardio. Right. You feel what I'm yep. saying? He's not a fighter. He right. just wants to punch on some mitts. And he has to put the mitts on and do that with him because <laughs> he works at the rec center where he'd rather be right. working with an actual fighter. You know what I mean? Trying to Is he from here? Where's he from? He's Where's Buster Douglas from? Mm -hmm. He's from here. I See, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I had learned something new. I did not yeah. know that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, that's not okay. to take anything away from him. Um, <laughs> love him. But uh, he just was a uh, he was, put he on for y'all. He wasn't a he wasn't an intense kind of guy. You know what I mean? He was a kind of right. Like, I don't know, casual kind of, kind of just. But yeah, no, I mean he definitely he definitely helped me out. Helped me out. I sparred with him before I did that tough man back, or I uh, worked with him before I did that tough man back in two thousand seventeen, I believe. You know I'm not good with years, Cleveland. So right. <laughs> I can't. Is there is there anybody is there anybody else, Cliff, that you've met? Uh, and in the sport of boxing that has like somewhat of a name or had a name besides Buster, like you know that's pretty interesting. Funny? Beyond Buster, I met Buster Douglas before I even um, I met him at Sam's Club back when I was a little kid. I mean, like mm -hmm. like five, six years old, like like a, me as a right, like a but I knew, yeah. I was I had already been trained. My dad trained me as soon as I could walk, so I knew right. fighters. I knew. <laughs> All the fighters, so I knew who Buster was even when I saw him at that age in the store. And I think he signed an autograph for me back then. And then it's just ironic that I ended up working with him once I, you know, started doing a little bit. Right. That's cool, though. It's funny how it goes full circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But other other than other than the uh, Vargas fight, as we know, um, Adrian Broner fought last night as well. He sure did. Um, he did. Santiago. He did get the the decision win, but it wasn't a good one. Um, I don't think that he has a career in boxing anymore. I think they may be willing to give him one fight, possibly again. Mm. But I, I think that that just cemented the fact that he's not he's not there anymore. He landed zero punches in the first round. Really. And they were filling each other out, of course, but right, the fact testing. that you didn't throw enough to land one punch in the first round, and we just talked about that last night. The whole issue with Broner is you don't have a high enough punch output. You just want to counter punches, but you don't want to be on the offensive, and that ends up putting you in a position where you can't win. You can't come back. It's harder. It's easier to come back in a sport like basketball than it is right. a boxing. You know what I mean? Unless you yeah. got enough power to erase everything that they did with a knockout blow, it's hard to come back because you're right. taking punches, which is depleting you. Your energy is depleted. You're losing confidence every time you get touched. So the later the rounds go in, the more you're thinking, I don't think I'm going to win this one. And your punches start to right. show you're thinking, I'm not going to win this one. Mentally, And I've mentally, been in that mentally, position where it's like, I'm just not going to get this one. This one's not going to be a win for me. And that'd be tough. You it right because you still got to get out the fight, <laughs> right? At least like well, there. like you said, because that's a good point. Because at least in other sports, it's a team sport, so you can be like, "Hey, I'm kind of I need y'all to help pull me through." Listen, even, this is just you. you. Still got to survive. <laughs> you have to survive, right? And, right. Uh, but I mean, that's why I love it. That's why I love the sport. It, it tells you. It tells you. It brings the truth out in people. A lot it of people does. say that they're willing to work hard. Until you get in the ring and it's like, oh, you quit when things get tough, huh? Yeah. Let, me start, let me start pulling you into deeper water so you can quit on me and I can hurt you. A lot of people think they can take uh, a punch until they get in the, you know what I mean? What were you saying? Hey, Cliff, so one of, 
one of my old one of my old managers from one of our previous workplaces, I'll say, just put got to represent for the family. Tommy Hitman Hearns, which oh, I didn't know yeah. he was related to him. So shout yes. out, shout out to the Hearns. Uh, he said first loss to Sugar Ray definitely knew how to hold his own. Oh yeah, Hitman Hearns. Oh, he's, for he's sure. one of the all time. Shout out to the Hearns, Marcus. He's one yep, of the all time yep. greats. Man, oh, give you a up. jab right now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Jabs. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Shout out to the Hearns, boy. Yeah, Listen, he had a jab, boy. He I loved his. Hey, well, I, I loved his, Mar- his Martin episode. Do y'all remember that with Martin? Uh, 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 a little bit. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. In swollen mouth. Yeah. Right. Oh, that, no, that was yeah. him and Martin. Hold on, that was him yeah. and Martin yeah, that was episode. Tommy, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Martin. Shout out yeah. to yeah. Listen, I'll I'll leave Marcus alone, and I want know. I'll make sure I won't mess with Marcus. I'm not running the family at this point. But my my dad had just said my dad just said Roy Jones Jr. and Tyson in their prime were the best in his opinion. He said yes. throw Hagler in there too. I'm not sure who Hagler is. I know oh, yeah, Hagler, yeah. Hagler's yeah, yeah was good too. Hagler Hagler was amazing. Hagler and uh, yeah. uh, Sugar Ray um, had mm-hmm. uh, uh, I don't think it was, it was two fights, right? It wasn't three. I thought it was three. Hag- it could have been. Three. I'll look it up. Tommy Hearns who and we uh, about? Mark Marvelous. Mar- um, uh, Sugar Hagler. Ray, Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray oh, Hagler. Hagler. Yeah, Marvin Hagler and uh, yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard. I can't, but he uh retired after that. After that last fight with them, he went over and started doing uh acting in um Japan. He's a, a Japanese he? movie star to this day. He's a Japanese movie star. Uh, Marvin Hagler. So, so you okay? Marvin Hagler versus Sugar Ray Leonard. It just says day April 6, 1987. They fought a couple of times, y'all are saying though? Yeah, I think they, they yeah. fought they fought at least twice. Okay. I don't know if it was a trilogy or not, though. Okay, hold on. Someone already so it says It might have just been twice. Yeah, it's not telling me. It's not even telling me. Someone had already looked on Google and said how many times did they fight, but it's not telling me. How many times that they did fight? Right. So it had to be. It's cool though. Kurt said. Kurt said. Mark. Uh, Kurt said. Hagler was the boogeyman. He was. He and was. Kurt said. Was it? Was it Marcus or Marvin? That his Marvin. Name was his name. Marvin Hagler. Marvin. Marvin. Yeah. Marvin Hagler. Um, okay. Marvelous Marvin Hagler was his name, but um, he was the boogeyman, and they're saying that Errol Spence is the new Marvin Hagler, and I think that that's a, a very close mm. comparison because they both were um, butchers to the body. They both tore your, they cut your body down. That's what they were known for is body blows, tearing that body up and then going for the knockout, and that's exactly how Errol Spence fights. He breaks you down to the body and then starts beating your head up when you get too tired to run away from him, and that's how Hagler tried to fight uh, Sugar Ray. But we all know he was good with his feet. That man was on his bicycle. Sugar Ray was, yeah, yeah, yeah he was quick. He went good with better footwork than Sugar Ray. He might, he, he might have did ballet on the side. He might have, <laughs> the best, he might have the best footwork in boxing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, he was, he was great. But um, yeah, that Broner, um, it was just that was uh, a good fight. It was just, uh, like, don't get me wrong. He had glimpses of greatness in it. Like, you could see points right. where he would go back to the old Broner. But for a 12-round fight, he just does not bring enough to the table to to continue to keep continue. going. And it's crazy because I agree. We, we saw what they put up. He's a four-division champ up there with right. that was impressive. Pacquiao and um, Mayweather. Pacquiao's right. eight, Mayweather's five, De La Hoya's five, or I or maybe four. Something like that. I, and yeah, something like that. Four. So, I mean, right. they're up there with great now, company, but why? It seems like that one fight where he lost, he just couldn't shake off the. Demoralized him. Right. Well, we talked about this earlier, and, and Mike, you may agree too. You know, Cliff and I, we spoke about this. Some people just become a hell of themselves. You know what I mean? Like, you had, you were great for so long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some points. Right. And now it's like, you're, you still have that that uh, elite name on paper, right. but you may not be that at that elite level that you and that's what's used so, to be. That's what's so saying. sad about it because he yeah. was on his way, like he was on his way to like beating, like he was only one division away from tying Mayweather's 
record right. as a champ. Right. And yeah. the one mistake you made was getting too big for your boxing shorts. You feel what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. all you had yeah. to, you saw Mayweather struggle with Marcus Maidana, uh, uh, not Marcus, um, Marco. What's his? I can't. Maidana. Right. Regardless, that's the one we watched. Um, out in um. And the, the pl- uh, restaurant, Mexican yep. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> great, great had fight that night. Had the whole, had the whole house upset. Mayweather yeah. had the whole <laughs> house pissed off. <laughs> then we, we, we'd hurt, like, we had to hurry up. Cliff and I went to a Mexican restaurant. Oh, we had to hurry up and get up out of there. From Mayweather yeah. and everybody going crazy for Listen, they was oh, pissed. But, uh, they were. Broner seen that and he wanted to prove that he was just as good as Mayweather and he wasn't. And Maidana put it on him. Manual, no, manual, not a Cliff. manual. It's Man, like not Marcos, a manual Maidana. Marcos Maidana or something. It may see. Okay, yeah, it may R C O S. I believe, but um, but yeah, I mean, I would like to see him get another shot. If he does get another shot, he has to get the fuck up out of Florida, man. He cannot keep training in Florida like. That whatever gym he's at in Florida is not helping him out. They're not doing what they need to do to get the best out of him. Because it was Marcos, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Marcos, Florida. Uh huh. But um, I just it's just, and then you're in Florida too. You know what I mean? Close to Miami and all that. And we know how you are, AB. You like to be flashy and go out and spend money. That's not the best place for you. Yeah, I can tell. Game. You can tell. You can tell. And and by the way, Cliff and Mike. My dad said that Hagler and Leonard had one fight. Oh, was it only one? And he also said, "Okay, yeah, he said Leonard and Sugar Ray fought three times. Listen, that's the boxing historic right there. Leonard and Sugar Ray is the same person, though. Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard. Well, wait, Hagler is is a different person, right? Right. He's saying Hagler, whoever Hagler is, him and Leonard fought one time. And he's saying that Leonard... Yeah, that's oh, you're saying person. Sugar Ray is Sugar Leonard Ray Leonard versus Sugar Ray is the same person, uh, so that's right. What he might have it might have been a, a, a what's it called a, a might have meant right a type in type there. or something, but um, typo. Oh, um, he's thinking of um, he's thinking of um, Robert Roberto Duran. Right. Yes. Oh, Duran. Yes. He's thinking yeah. of Roberto Duran. Roberto. I I might have been no thinking Moss. of Roberto. No I might have been thinking of Roberto Duran when I said it in the trilogy. He said, my, my dad said, my bad. He said, Hearns versus Sugar okay. Ray is three fights. Okay. Was it? Hitman Hearns. That's yes. What he said. Yes. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. I know they One fought time. a couple of times. I didn't know they fought three. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Yeah. So I Damn. thought. These cats know they was they was probably watching it at the time. They, they know. <laughs> They've been around long enough. They probably was watching it. I might have. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah. Um, hey, Mike, back on them heavy back TVs y'all had back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the antenna back clip, my antenna. That's what, that's, what, that's what a motherfucker used to ask you to move and used to be like, what yeah. kind of TV you got? You got a big screen? With all them pictures yeah. up on the top of your big screen TV, we gotta move all them pictures down and then carry it down. How many steps you got? I ain't moving. You're right. You better right. call I heard that. in a truck. Yep. <laughs> but other than, uh, uh, let's touch on the last uh, fight here, and okay. then, uh, we'll uh, keep it moving. We we had decent time. I don't know. Uh, right before or two. Do so. Let's hurry up and finish. Um, but Robert Easter Jr. Ryan Martin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And Martin, I looked up on that the other day. Did uh, you, Mike? Look at you doing homework. We talked about we talked about this fight last night, and I said that Ryan Easter said in a pre-fight press conference that he said, "I'm sorry, Adrian, but I'm still in the show tonight." Mm. He did that exactly. <laughs> he went to the show. He did that exactly. Listen, when I tell you, um, he hadn't fought since 2019 when he fought Adrian Granados. And so basically it wasn't a full two year layoff, but it was approaching a two year layoff. And when I say he came back in this ring and looked like he never left. Probably didn't. It he... was amazing to like his his rhythm, his timing, the the distance. He was always right at the tip of his jab, but whenever he threw, he was right out the right out the way of all of his it was amazing to because usually when you're out of the ring for months you know what i mean it could be six right. months it's tough. you start to lose that distance that timing that rhythm that you know movement 
flow. Everything was there. There was that I could not I could not see a flaw in his fighting. The only thing that he did do was um in the third round he decided to start fighting on the inside. Mm. That's what gave dude it gave him confidence because the dude couldn't touch him on the outside. Like I said, he was always on the outside of his punches. So he was missing everything. But when he decided to go on the inside for some reason, that gave the dude the opportunity to, you know, rough him up, get it, land a few punches. Recover. And it gave right. him his confidence. But even still, he only I I scored the fight two to ten. He two won, to ten. Yeah, two to mm. ten. Do one two rounds. Do one two rounds. Uh, Robert Easter Jr. won one to ten, and it was by far the the twelfth round. The whole fight, he had his hands below his waist, like Roy Jones. Dang. And to be out of the ring for two years and to be that comfortable to know That's, that it won't you won't right. hit me. I, I can get You're my confident. hands down here. You won't hit me. It was amazing right. to see. It was amazing to see. And like I said, he took the L against uh Mikey Garcia at 135. This man is uh five foot eleven. How you're mm. making 135, I don't know. Now he said it himself, making 135, I'm cutting, I'm losing muscle when I do that. He said, I'm right. cutting so much weight, I'm be. even losing muscle to get down to 135. He said, 140, I feel comfortable. And you could tell he was comfortable. It was amazing how comfortable he was. Like, yeah, I mean, he, if there's a chance that you can watch that fight, just to see, like, that was boxing is what he did. It wasn't a fight. It was boxing. It looked boxing like a choreographed dance. It looked like two men dancing, but only one was the leader. Right. Right. Yeah. One was right. the father. One, the other one was stepping <laughs> off. You feel what I'm oh, saying? Oh, snap. Yeah. But, and, and yeah. it's funny that I say that, stepping on feet, because... Um, Ryan Martin has more pop than uh, Robert Easter Jr. He just didn't have the footwork to be able to get into position to land a good punch. It was one point where he was, uh, Robert Easter was circling the ring, getting out of the way, and he's trying to cut the ring off to stay in front of him, and he crosses his feet like this. That's the first no-no that they teach you in boxing with footwork. You right, never cross yeah. your feet ever right and there was a point right. in the fight as a professional who has more than 25 fights you cross your feet trying to stay in, that just let me know he's he's in your head like you're 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 right you're not thinking like you're just trying to get there and it's not it was a it was a great fight for robert he's got you right he's got you right where he wanted wanted you i'm glad to uh i'm glad to see both the ohio boys won last night browner got the win for cincy easter got the win for toledo um, that's good to see. Okay. Um, like I said, I would like to see Broner back at least, you know, one more. I feel like he deserves at least one more after that performance. It wasn't awful, but it, it was bad. It was subpar. Right. It was bad. Not to but, his standard. It wasn't with to that, Broner's standard. But with that being said, it's funny. Uh, remember I said I'd take it full circle. The track scenario. You right. only run as fast as the person you're running with. And right now they're throwing Broner scraps just to see if he can still fight. And because mm -hmm. he's fighting scraps, he's fighting like scraps. You feel what I'm saying? So you think Broner could hang if they give him somebody worthy? I mean, um he lost to Pacquiao, but it wasn't it wasn't like an awful defeat. The only reason why he lost right. to Pacquiao is because you weren't throwing punches. Like we know right. you won't do. You won't throw punches. But I mean I feel like if if there was just somebody that could get in his head enough to let him know, let your hands go. You can't just hold mm. your hands waiting to counter somebody for a knockout. Let your hands go and right. score points. If somebody did yeah. that, then he would be back on an elite level. But because nobody's getting him together, I don't know what the case may be. It looks like it's the end of the road for Broner. I would like to, I would like to see him I would like to see him do something, but I feel like at this point you've been given too many chances and you haven't done much with it. Well, he's too worried about you. You heard his post in the room. He's too worried about the social media. Remember, he said F Twitter and uh, he said most of my Twitter hates me anyway. Right. He's, like, he's not worried about what well, that's good. That's good, though. That's that's the first that's the first thing that he said that I applauded. 
Okay. Because he okay. normally is the type that hop on like like he's the type of person that if he would he would see this podcast and hear me talking about him like this he would probably try to look for me type he's that type of person you know what I mean like he's the type of person that'll be on he'll be on Twitter and see somebody talking shit about him and then he'll go viral for cussing them out under their right. comment like why like why why are you socializing with the peasants you should be up right, in the right. tower right. Where, you know what I mean? Like we're, about the we're wrong just thing. regular people. Don't worry right, about we, our comments. We don't matter. But the fact yeah. that he said fuck Twitter and fuck the people that doubted me, that was that was that, I was like, thank you. Finally you're getting right. it. Finally you're cutting out the distractions. So I mean you won. It was his first win in what four years? That's a long time. First win in four That's years. That's a long time. So I mean, uh, I, I wish him the best, but I don't. I honestly don't see it going too much past another fight, unless he gets another fight and um and gets the um the flash knockout. You know what I mean? The one that nobody saw right. coming. That's the only way that right. he resurrects um Adrian Broner's career. Period. Point. Yeah, I, think, I don't see it any other way. I think Broner's on his way out. I think he. I, I don't know if he if he realizes that or not yet, but I think he definitely is probably on his way I out so as far too. as his career goes. Yeah, I think so too. But I mean, other than that, that's really uh, it. Um, I will go around and get y'all's opinion of um, hit the showers and uh, things like that. But before I do that, I did want to announce that um, MMA is back on Showtime. Um, so I guess okay. they have renewed the contract or not renewed. Well, yeah, it would have had to have been a renewal because they were on Showtime and then they came back. So they renewed their contract with Bellator. So they are doing the uh, Bellator finals of the Featherweight Grand Prix, which is a very, if you don't know anything about it, you should look into it. It's basically a tournament, but the fighters get to pick who they want. No promoter. Got you. Okay, that's cool. The fighter goes up and says, I want you. And they're like, all right, we make that fight. All right. We fight next week type shit. And then they come back next month and continue it out. So I think that's uh, very interesting. And it's good to see that they did bring that back on Showtime. The Featherweight um, Grand Prix Finals, semifinals, I'm sorry, comes on April the 2nd, Friday, April 2nd. And then the light heavyweight, Grand Prix starts on April the 9th. Now, mm. for any all my MMA heads out there, basically all Bellator is is retired UFC fighters. You know, okay, I mean? so like that's when, good to know. When you get yeah, too yeah. old to fight in the, the UFC and you can't compete at that level, you go to Bellator because Bellator right now has Anthony Rumble Johnson. I don't know if you know him. He has, uh, they have Leoto Machida, uh, Phil Davis, Yoel Romero, uh, Ryan Bader is currently the champ. These are all ex-UFC champions that I'm naming, except for Phil Davis. Phil Davis didn't get the championship, but Leoto Machida, Ryan Bader, Yoel Romero, and Rumble Johnson did. So you got to think this is basically like the um, arena league to the NFL. You know what I mean? So mm, Okay, that makes sense. It's good to that see makes sense. that they are back on Showtime. I'm interested to see how that works moving forward and the viewership that they get off of that because that definitely could be interesting and bring a lot of people who don't usually watch fight sports into the fandom, which I definitely agree with. So I do want to salute them and wish them all the best on that. But as far as this episode goes... What I would like from you two, other than who you would like to hit the showers, is <laughs> a rating of performances by Valdez and Miguel Belchel. Like I said, I gave mine. I do think that um, I think that uh, Valdez definitely came in at a twelve out of ten. Um, he definitely exceeded yeah. the expectation. He exceeded right. perfection, in in my opinion, in that fight. And um, Belchelt was just, in my opinion, I would have to give him a four. Just because as good as you are, you made no adjustments. You made no adjustments throughout the fight. And for you to be a uh, 39, or I'm sorry, 30. Eight 38 champion. and 2. Yeah, 38 yeah. win champion. There's no reason why you can't change your game plan. You know what I mean? 
just for the fact that yeah. you have your champ and you have 38 wins and you only went in there with one game plan lets me know that that was a, a four three three performance 3.5 we'll put him right in the middle give him a 3.5 performance <laughs> Five. I agree. on that that's being nice and um if i'm giving my hit the showers um I don't, I'm not, I gave it to Broner last night, so I'm not going to continue to pick on him. Um, I'll give it to, um, what's the dude's name? I'll give it to um, Ryan Martin. Ryan Martin. Okay, hit the showers. Because you had a chance to be a lot more competitive in that fight, but your footwork wasn't there. You looked like you, he looked like he really didn't want to be there. Like he was just doing right. it for the check. <laughs> and anytime yeah. you're in a sport that you can die in the ring, you shouldn't be just doing it for a check. Right. You know what I mean? So with that being right. said, I'm going to uh, need Ryan Martin to hit the showers in my opinion. But what about you, Mike? How you feeling? Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm giving my man, uh, Miguel, I'm going to give him about a three. And for the hit the showers, Miguel hit the shower. You, <laughs> no, went, right. yeah. you, you went first last night. Right. Okay? Oh, snap. Listen, he, Nate, they Nate Robinson. That's all I got to say. He, he got Nate Robinson man. last night. Belchel got <laughs> yeah. Nate Robinson. Man, didn't he? There's going to be a meme on him next, too. There's going to be a meme not? on him next, too. Oh, hey, they, what they should yeah, do. Listen, yeah, um, for everybody yeah. who still may be in the chat, anybody who is a, pro, pro, a computer guy, uh, what I'm going to need is I'm going to need Pacquiao face down. I'm going to need uh, Belchelt face down and Nate Robinson face down. And I want a slumber party meme. I need a slumber party meme for all of them. <laughs> and they caption to say night, night. Period. And, uh, Damn, I will provide an email on the next episode that you can send that to, and I will put that up at either the beginning or the end of our next episode if somebody right. has that in them. If not, it's okay. Uh, we'll get on it. But, um, Mal, did you um, give you Man, answer? Valdez, I think you hit it out the park. Valdez, uh, I definitely would give, um, man, like you said, a 12 out of 10. He, he came in hot and heavy, he you know, well-prepared. Right. Ready to go. Looked great. I love what I've seen from him. Um, and as far as the ratings go, like I said, for Miguel, I'm giving him a 2.5 out of 10. There's no defense. <laughs> leaned into the hits. You just <laughs> came in open. You was asking for punishment. Like, he you did. Was asking for punishment. He did. And then you know what? <laughs> you know after, what I mean? what like, was it? after the <laughs> sixth round, you saw him start overextended and running after him in the ring instead of being tight right. and compact and right. Cool. I agree. Right. I Reserve agree. yourself. Yeah. So um, and as far as my hit the showers go, I would say Miguel hit the showers. And also, Mike, I'll send you the video later. Cliff, we watched earlier. Curtis Blades from UFC hit okay. the showers. Because you, okay. got, you got knocked out, too. <laughs> you got knocked out, too, bro. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't do bad up until then, though. But I agree with it. I agree <laughs> right. With Up until that. then, it was decent. But yeah. at the end, <laughs> you hit the shot. You got knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was a brutal knockout, too. It was. It was vicious. It, it looked like uh, King Kong versus Godzilla out there. Is what right. Like. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He came down with the sword on his ass real quick. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Came over the top and tried to finish him off. Remember, he tried to finish him off too. But um, to everybody out there, we definitely appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate the activity absolutely. in the chat, and we Thank will you. be uh, more cognizant of that moving forward. Um, we have had talks in the background and far as production to incorporate the chat. We want everybody to be involved with the conversation, so um, keep throwing them out there. Helps with the show. We appreciate the content. We appreciate the subscribe. Support. Like, subscribe, subscribe share. Thank you. All that. All That's good to say all that. You know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know? We appreciate y'all. All that. Man, much but love. Do you uh do you fellas have anything to say to take us out of here? No, just, no, just everybody be safe, man. Right. You know, in peace. You know, stay warm and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tune in yes, next sir. time. We'll probably be back uh, next time. Uh, well, next uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Probably a Wednesday or Thursday. There, we'll talk some okay. NBA and whatever else is going on around there. But um, love y'all. Y'all stay safe. Love stay you too, warm. bro. 
Um, Love y'all. And we out this bitch. All right. See ya. You know? Let's do it. Thank you.